Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. If I just have a problem going to sleep, I go, I know, I'm going to read my word. I can read about three verses. And three verses in, I'm waking up. This is like this. And five hours have passed. Because the enemy don't want you to read the manual for your life. This right here has peace in it. It has comfort. It has direction. It has guidance. It has protection. It has provision. It has peace. All right here in the Word of God. But this is the one thing that we don't study enough. So maybe sometimes we got to keep our face out of Facebook and put our face in his book. Amen. Let's see what images he wants to show us. And the best image he can show you is the image that he sees when he sees you. Because you can go through here and he said over there in Psalms that you're wonderfully and fearfully made. That's the, really, that's how you see me? That's awesome. Another passage over there, he said that you're the apple of my eye. Really, I am, God? Thank you. You're so nice. <laughs> Amen? You want to know who you are? It's right here in the Word of God. You are a blessed people. Over in the book of, of Peter, he actually called you a royal priesthood. That you are chosen. He handpicked you guys. He selected you to be his children. That, that, is an, that in itself is an amazing thought. Amen. That the God of the universe who spoke everything into existence would take the time to say, I want you as my son and my daughter. The God who says, you know what? I got a plan for your life, but actually I got to redeem you first. So I'm sending my son to die for you. Because I love you that much because you're worthy. There's nothing worse that you can adhere to is to listen to the enemy's lies to say that you're not valued. That's a lie from the enemy. Or you're not worthy. Or you're less than. And a lot of that comes from watching other people and wanting what they got. Because you feel like somehow you should have something better than them. Well, who said that? Right. Paul says we shouldn't compare ourselves among ourselves. In so doing, we are not wise. Uh, it is uh, to me it's indicative to a tribe of pygmies trying to compare who's tallest. It's like, what's the use? We all short. Right. Because we all come short. So while we, we all short. So why are we comparing ourselves among ourselves? Why not, why not be happy for somebody that gets blessed? Be happy for somebody to get that new house or that new car, that new job, that new promotion, start that business. Amen? Because guess what, guys? When you're happy for them, man, your blessing coming right around the corner. But if we are all upset and like, I can't believe the Lord blessed them. They ain't even doing what they're supposed to do. Well, how you know? How you know what they're doing and what they aren't doing? See, yeah, right. What are you doing? Obviously, you're too busy watching them. Listen, let me tell you something. And I already started preaching. So if you're waiting for me to start, I already did. Because I'm just talking today. So what I try to do is focus on what God has for me to do. Okay? Because there is so much that I haven't capitalized on because of I'm lazy in the area or I just didn't do what I was supposed to do or I didn't study like I was supposed to study, or I just flat out reneged on what God had for me. And I know it for sure. I know every area of my life that's broken. Every stinking area. I know every area of my life where I struggle. Every one of them. And those are the areas I present before the Lord so that I can say, God, I know I'm better than this. Not better than the other person. But John Lawton, I'm better than this where I am today. I can, I can go harder, I can go stronger, I can go longer, I can go further, and I can go, I can go, I can go bigger than I ever have before. But you got to not settle for a limited life. That's right. 
Don't settle for where you are right now. Because the enemy will have you thinking, oh, you're good right there. You're good. You know, you're going to church. You're consistent, you know. You heard the Lord's voice a couple of times. So you're good. Just stay right there. Why you got to, come on, why you got to continue to die to your flesh? Because I want to look more like him. Amen. So I, I um, actually had a message, but God wants me to do something different, if you're all right with that. Somebody say, I will arise and build. All of this is necessary for us to build God's house. Not necessarily for us to relocate and build something. I'm talking about the house that God is building in you. Because if you're not willing to be built, then we can't build. He's trying to build you up so that when we do go to the new place, then we can build that up. But he can't build that up on people who are not built themselves. Amen, somebody. No, when we go to this new place, man, everybody's going to be on the same accord. We're ready to go. We're built up. We know what God is saying, and we're going to move right into it. Amen? Amen? All right, so... Hmm. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 33. Is everybody all right? Yeah. Okay, so you all right with me just talking to you a little bit? Yeah. Okay, all right, good. I know this is a little foreign. Some people looking for some hooping. I don't have that. <laughs> I don't hoop. I wish I could. I just, I tried to hoop one time. My transmission slipped. And I got embarrassed because I forgot where I was getting ready to go. <laughs> I ain't lying. I did that. Ha! And I ain't know where to go next. And I was just lost, man. And so, praise the Lord. I don't try that anymore. And I was asking the Lord. Um, okay. Okay. We'll do that. Praise the Lord. So, Ezekiel chapter 33. I want to read a, a few passages here um, in your hearing. All right, if you need a Bible, please raise your hands, because I want all of us to read it in the Bible together. Please raise your hands if you need a Bible, and we'll make sure we put a Bible in your hands, okay? So I'm assuming everybody can see it in the Word. So Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 1 says, Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, Speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman. When he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, a watchman blows the trumpet and warns the people. Everybody seeing that? It says, if, somebody say if. if, if he blows the trumpet, if he blows the trumpet, not necessarily that he would, but if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes, and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. Verse 5. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. Let's look at verse 6. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hands. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. If, as a pastor, I don't warn you about impending danger. I've been preaching for 12 years at this church, going on 12 years, and even prior to that, 
And my messages have always been heavy hit, hitting, always about living right, righteous living, uh, staying away from ungodliness, willing to attack social issues. Um, and because of that, um, it tends not to draw the big crowds. However, the big crowds may not hear the trumpet. Because if I blow the trumpet and say there's something coming that we have to be prepared for, if you hear the word from the watchman and you take heed to the word, adjust your life because you know something is coming, then you will be saved, the Bible says. But if you hear the sound, if you hear the trumpet being blown, you, you hear the warnings that are coming, and you say, oh, Pastor, you just, you just need to evolve in your thinking. Uh, you, you just need to be more tolerant. Um, Pastor, you know, you can, you can fill up that place if you stop talking about sin. But if I stop talking about sin, then I'm not blowing the trumpet. Some of you have been in the book of Ezekiel already, been, been praying and been studying. Who, who is that? Have already been in it? I figured it was Brad. Okay, all right. So you guys already know. Ezekiel was sent by God. The apostle gift is a person who is sent. He came as an apostolic voice to the nation to say, listen, guys, something is coming. I want you to take heed and get prepared so that you will be ready when this happens. Because the enemy is about to turn some things up and what you are about to experience is going to be different than what you've ever experienced before. If you think that the little persecution that we've had to endure these last few years have been a lot, you just hold on. I'm telling you that the sword is coming. Don't you think for one moment that these people getting arrested that the enemy is just going to sit back? He's going to turn the heat up, and what he's going to do, he's going to try. The art of war is to defeat the enemy on the inside. Churches are going to turn on each other. I'm blowing the trumpet. No, we're turning to God. We're not going to turn on each other. In other words, I don't care about your political affiliation. I'm blowing the sword. The sword, I'm blowing the trumpet so that you know that that infighting is going to happen in churches. Somebody, political affiliation is going to break up the church. I'm blowing the trumpet. But if you're not in this, how will you know what's right? You think you can trust the media? Those pedophiles on the media, you think you can trust them? I'm talking about all of the media. I don't, I don't like any of the media. None of it. None of it. Because I think uh, all of those CEOs got some issues. If you start digging into their background, they all got some issues. Fox, CNBC, uh, CNN, CNBC, all of them. I'm telling you guys, they got some issues. I don't watch any of them because I don't trust it. It's become more of a propaganda tool than news. This is why I keep my head in here. Because, God, I, I hear all of this stuff, this hubble that's going around. I hear all the scuttlebutt. And then I look at this and I go, man, this ain't even lining up. No, no, I'm going to just stick with this. I'm blowing the trumpet. Make sure you take heed to what I'm saying, saints. Listen, what I'm saying to you right now is not to scare you. This is to prepare you. Because we're, we're not in fear. I ain't in fear. I ain't scared of nothing. He didn't give us the spirit of fear. Amen? Amen. So I'm glad I can just come and talk to you and share my heart 
because this leads into the book of Jeremiah. Y'all want to go a little bit deeper? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, so I'm inviting you into what I call my prophet's chamber. That's where I study. So I'm inviting you in my room right now. This is, this is, this is the stuff that I have these conversations with, with Papa about. And I'm walking around my room and, I'm, and I'm, talking, I'm talking out loud. I don't necessarily hear an audible back from God, but I do get unctions from him. So just like you do, you know, he doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily see, hear an audible. Sometimes you do can hear an audible voice, but when you hear that audible, it, 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 it whoa, yeah, okay, God, I got it, right? You don't have to poke me like that. Come on, man. You know, but most of the time, it's an unction, right? You just get a feeling. It's a knowing that it's God's voice. Um, it's in your spirit that he's speaking to your spirit. He's pushing you, nudging you a certain way. So that's how it is with him. And, I'm, and I read this stuff and I go, God, you know, well, what does this mean? For the church, what does it mean for the nation? And so he's saying, all I need you to do is warn my people and tell them there's, there's danger coming. It's not over yet. But the enemy, when he gets exposed, he begins to turn up things in other areas. Right? He, he'll leave that alone for a minute, but then he's going to go over here and do something else. He ever lives to bring you with him. Until the time Jesus put him in the lake of fire forever, he always is going to try to get the church distracted. And the best way to distract a person right now is two ways, politically and socially right now. On social issues and politics. That's a way for him to get us distracted. Right? But somebody said, I'm not going to get distracted. All right. So, so let's go to the book of Jeremiah. Turn left, Jeremiah chapter 1. Again, I, um, I just want to talk a little bit, just share some things with you here that's been on my heart, and I truly believe that there's a reason. And when you hear the messages that I preach, then you'll understand why I preach them like I do, because there is a level of maturity that the church has to be in, and we all are going to have to be on a mature church. Uh, the reason I say that is because if you're not mature, then um, as a baby Christian, I might, you might hear something preached in this pulpit, and you might get offended if you're a baby Christian. But if you're mature, you understand that that's the meat of the word. Yeah. I need to deal with that. Yeah. Right, saints of God? Um, it's easy for people to cut and run. That's easy to do. Oh, I'm just mad, and I'm, I'm leaving. I, ain't, I don't like the way what preacher said. I'm leaving. Or somebody looked at me wrong, and I'm leaving. And she had on the same color dress I had on. Oh. <laughs> I ain't like the way they held my hand. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, guys, this, this is some of the stuff I hear as a pastor. Yeah. Pastor, I ain't coming back to your church. I don't like the way that, that sister held my hand. I actually was, I was told that. I, I am dead serious. <laughs> It, we deal, men and Lane deal with some stuff, guys. It's just like, it's foolishness, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and the more and more I say, well, man, there's too many baby Christians. So we got to make sure that C3 is mature. I guarantee you guys, if you take from January to now and you go back and listen to these messages about Hebrews chapter 6 and the six fundamental doctrines that every Christian should know, you go ask another Christian about those doctrines and see what they say. They're going to look at you like you boo-boo the fool. Because they really don't know them. This is the meat of the word because those are some of the things that helps us mature as Christians. Paul said that these things were elementary, which means, guys, we should already know these. And we should be teaching it to other people. Amen? All right. You guys still with me? Okay, so let's go a little bit deeper. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Now, Jeremiah also is a type of the apostolic voice because Jeremiah was once sent by God to the nation of Judah. Now, Jeremiah also brought warning to the nation. It's interesting when you read the Old Testament, man, it, you, there's no way you can read the Old Testament and you not get a sense that, boy, I, I better be ready for this. Because you should know 
that if it happened then, because they lived such a blase life, they began to turn away from God. Come on. They, matter of fact, they began, they told some of the prophets, don't prophesy to us bad, mean words. Prophesy to us smooth words. Matter of fact, prophesy to us lies. This is in the word, guys. They wanted a smooth talking preacher. They didn't want no sin. Don't talk about that sin. Oh, no, no, no. I want to talk about the cross. Ugh, that means I got to legislate my lifestyle. And ugh, No, God, I still want to do all of this stuff over here, so I want to go to a church that's going to talk like a smooth pastor. He's smooth. He's smooth with his words, and I feel really motivated when I leave. <laughs> I'm not convicted of my sins. Come on, man. All he said I needed to do was write him a check, and I'm good. Never mind, you're still living in sin and you're still going to go to hell if you don't change your life. That's smooth words. We got some real smooth worded preachers today. I ain't lying, they smooth, man. I listen to some of them jokes. I go, boy, that was a smooth word. It ain't the truth, but that was smooth right there. <laughs> I ain't lying. I was like, man, ain't, you just skirted all around the truth, but boy, the way you did it was smooth, man. That was really smooth. That was really smooth. That was really smooth. We got some smooth talking guys who actually talk around what's biblically correct. They won't answer questions directly when it's right here in the word of God. And they know they're going to get asked a question before they go on these shows. Right. And I'm waiting. I'm like, OK, let's see how smooth you are there, preacher. And boy, they will skirt around. it. You know what they're going to ask. Well, preacher, I know, you know, is living that alternate lifestyle, is there something wrong with it and blah, blah. They're always going to ask the same question. And several of them that have number one best-selling books and have some of the largest churches in the nation will not answer that question directly. Those are smooth words, guys. They might be your favorite preacher. It's still smooth words, and you're dodging the truth. This is the warning. This is the trumpet that I'm blowing right now. Itchy ears like smooth words. They don't want to be challenged or convicted. But without challenging and without conviction, there can be no change. There can be no real change. Guys, I cannot be the same person. I, 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 I cannot be the same person. I have got to be a better preacher, a better father, a better husband. I want to be a better friend. I can be a lot better friend than what I am. I know I can. I, there's some stuff that sometimes I go, man, I just want to be by myself. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I don't know. I love being by myself, guys. If you never notice when Elaine and Caitlin are traveling, I don't call anybody. Because I don't want anybody to say, hey, Pastor, you want me to come home? No, you know. Hey, <laughs> man, I do. But, but it, I need to start reaching out more when I'm by myself. I know I do. I can have my own little, little time, but I, I just, y'all pray for me. <laughs> I'm just dysfunctional in some areas, amen? Right? But, but I do want to be better. I don't, I don't want to be the same preacher. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be the same pastor. I want to be better. Every time you come to see any one of these elders in the pulpit, you should see progress. You should see that, we, man, they are really in the word of God. Man, the power should be stronger. You, you should not come in here and you go, man, they need to study more. <laughs> right? If you have to say about somebody in this pulpit, then that's a problem. Yeah. Right? This is why we have to go harder after God. Amen. And, I, and listen, I hope you guys are hearing my heart in this because I'm, I'm trying to tell you we're all on the same level here. We're all trying to get to God. You notice I don't wear a clergy collar or robes. Because we're all on the same. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen. Look at your name and say, you're my brother, you're my sister. Come on, come on, come on. Look at him. You're my brother, you're my sister. Right there, there are no titles needed. No robes needed. What you need a robe for? Amen. Hello. Am I talking to the right church? 
So now that we understand that we're brothers and sisters, then we can learn how to be friends. Because everybody in the church, they're not going to be your friend. You might be close to them. You might go out to lunch from time to time. But everybody in the church is not going to be your friend. But you should have somebody in the church that's your friend. Somebody that you can count on. Somebody that you can call. Somebody that you can confide in. Somebody that you can fall apart on. And you know they're not going to throw the Bible at you. Right? Coming to you, you know, and you're falling apart because you got so much going on. Well, the Bible says. But they don't need to know that right now. They know what the Bible says. What they need is a listening ear to say, boo, I got you. I know you're going through a tough time right now, but we're going to get through this thing together. Amen, somebody. See, that, that's the real church. To me, that's the true church. That don't consider titles and, and don't consider how long somebody's been saved before you help them. Don't matter. I don't care if you got saved yesterday. Man, well, what's going on? I, I mean, talk to me. Can I help you? Right? But this is the kind of stuff that's killing us. And you know why? We're still babies. Right? People now want to talk about what they did at a previous ministry. They don't even want to be brothers and sisters. They don't want to know you at all. They don't want to know you. They just want to prophesy to you. Well, it don't work that way in here, nope. right? Because first of all, you need to know God's people before you can prophesy to them. You better have a love for God's people. No prophet, no prophet can prophesy to anybody if they don't have a compassion uh, for those people and a love for those people. That's the reason you prophesy to them, because you love them. Without love, all of it is nothing but noise. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you don't have love, you have nothing. If you prophesy, it's nothing but noise. And the reason I come in with a strong word like I do most of the time from the pulpit is because I love you so much. I love you enough, just like these other prophets and prophets in here, we love you enough so that we know, man, the, 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 the sword is coming. So we got to be in one accord. We got to be prepared for this war. We got to fast. We got to pray. You need to start anointing and laying hands on your children. Because I'm telling you, if you think these guys getting arrested that they're going to stop, oh, no, they're going to turn the heat up, and they're coming after your children. So you're going to have to anoint them with oil. You're going to have to plead the blood of Jesus upon them before they leave the house. Somebody say amen. Amen. No, that's your responsibility, parents. Why do you think I bring the kids up every Sunday before I dismiss them and pray over them? Because they need prayer. They need covering. I'm not doing that just for applause. I'm doing that because I want our babies to succeed. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to be a, a prophet and an apostle and teachers and nurses and doctors and lawyers. We need them to be our next senators and governors and presidents. My God, we need some godly folks. Come on, somebody. And I'm talking about real godly people. I ain't talking about they placating to the church just around election time. I'm talking about people who are real Christians. No, don't come up here playing with me. You ain't getting this pulpit. Shut up. No, you ain't getting it because, no, I look at your, your history. I don't look at what you say you're going to do. I look at what you've already done. And based on how you just been voting, you are voting antithetical to Christianity. So why would I allow you to come into this church? I almost ran for politics. It was close, too, man. My wife talked me out of it. And because uh, I was getting to run for city council at, uh, for Indian Trail. And uh, I mean, I was ready to sign. I was that close to signing because I was sick of people. And I'm like, man, we need some, we need some godly folks. You know, you know how you get sometimes. <laughs> and and then, then, you know, the Lord says, sit down. <laughs> 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 I 
Because it wasn't the Lord, it was me. It definitely wasn't the Lord. It was me. I was like, God, I'm just so sick of this. I'm going to make a difference, you know. And sometimes you just get out there, and then the Lord has to kind of bring you back, you know. And so I'm glad I didn't and, uh, because I had to focus on things here, right, and do stuff here. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and so, but here's the deal. Um, I want to make sure that whatever message you get from this pulpit is not going to be tainted by politics. Because everybody has an ideology, right? The only one I want you to have is a theological one that's based on the Word of God. So you can know, based on, I know, I hear what you're saying, but I, this is what I'm seeing. Did, did you hear what I said? I can hear all of the stuff that people are saying, but spiritually, this is what I'm seeing. But God can't show you what he's saying If you are not seeing what he said. Amen. So to see what's happening spiritually, you got to know what he's saying. Is this making sense? I know this sounds simplistic, guys, and it really is. It really is because all of it is tied right here in the word of God. Can have you guys there in Jeremiah? I'm sorry. Give me about 10 more minutes and I'm done. I'm, I, I, I'm done. I just wanted to just come in and share my heart uh, with you guys. I just love this church because you guys let me do this. You don't get mad at me if I'm not trying to preach and all this other stuff. You guys are wonderful. You are. You guys are. <laughs> I love it. Jatana just, <laughs> I was just prophesied and Jatana just received it. Praise the Lord. Jatana <laughs> said, thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Think I'm wonderful too. <laughs> Amen. Now you guys there in the book of Jeremiah? Yes. Now I'm gonna read a couple of passages. I'm gonna jump around a little. No, I'm not gonna jump around. Um, let's start at verse five. Uh, chapter one. Chapter one. Sorry. Chapter one. Look at verse five. This is Jeremiah, and um, the the name is interesting. There are no J sounds in the Hebrew language, so it's more like Jeremiah. It's more like an H sound. Jeremiah. That's why his name is Yahshua or Yahshua, or Joshua, Yehovah, um, but he's Yahweh. Um, and so the, the actual name is, is, is Yahweh throws. That's what his name means. Yahweh throws. He's going to throw down. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so Yahweh throws. Look at verse 5. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Saints of God. This is probably one of the most incredible scriptures that you can ever read. What this is saying to us as Christians is before our parents ever thought about us, God knew us. Yeah, he knew us. He knew us. He knew us intimately. See, see this, is, this is incredible because this right here lets you know that you were on God's mind before you were on your parents' mind. Man, if you just catch the gravity of that. See, this, this is why it's a travesty when the enemy uh, gets someone in such a depressive state to where they want to take their life. They lose hope because they don't realize that God had a plan set for them even before the parents ever thought about them. So your plan is set in eternity. That's how much God loved us. That before we, before our parents ever hooked up, God says, yeah, I got them. I got them. I know the number of hairs on their head. I know them. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. The reason he's telling the prophet this is because the man of God has to give a very strong word to a nation who wanted to hear smooth words. So he had to encourage Jeremiah because Jeremiah didn't want to do it any longer. You, you, you hear me? Because I'm going to tell you something, saints. If you keep trying to give a word to somebody, you try to warn somebody, you try to warn somebody, you try to warn somebody, and they keep, they keep ignoring you, it's just like your, your children. Right? You just say, baby, don't do that. Baby, I'm telling you, don't, don't do that, baby. Uh, I'm, I'm trying, just please listen to me, honey. Just please don't do it. And then they go and do it, and then they fall into that trap. They come. <laughs> I, oh, I tried to, come here. Because I don't even want to say I tried to tell you because... But inside, I'm saying, you should have listened to me. No, you know, that's, 
<laughs> but you just love on them and say, come here, baby, you know, and you, you don't do it anymore, right? <laughs> I told you so, right? But the, it's the same thing. So Jeremiah had been trying to warn these people, warn these people, and they were mad at Jeremiah. They, 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 didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have a, when Jeremiah came, people would run. Because they didn't want to hear what the man of God had to say. Now, saints, I don't care how strong, listen to my heart here. I don't care how strong of a Christian you think you are. If people keep ignoring what you're trying to say to them, it affects you. You're humans. I mean, it affects you. At some point, you get, you, Lord, what's the use? I've been telling these knuckleheaded jokers. And all they want to do is, is come after me. They, they cussing me out. They running from me. And I'm just trying to give you the word. I'm trying to give them what you told me to give them, God. You told me you sent me to these people, but they don't like me. So God had to come in and say, look here, son. I knew you before your mama and your daddy. So this is a word of encouragement because God knew that this word was going to be tough coming from Jeremiah. But he had to, he had to sound the trumpet. Somebody say sound the trumpet. Okay, let me give you some more. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Uh, put your hand on your heart and say, God has called me to the nations. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you got to go to uh, South America or South Africa or Africa or Australia or anywhere. You know, there's a nation right next door. There are Africans that live in your community. There are people from South America that live right down the street. Listen, I don't have to go to a whole lot of countries when I got people from a whole lot of countries right up the street. I just go knock on the door. Hey, I'm John and Elaine. We live right up there on that hill. Yeah, you need anything? Just let me know. I just want to welcome you into the community. That's all I do. I see people pull up. They pull up in that big U-Haul. First thing I do, I pull up. Hey, I'm John. What's going on? I live right over there. How you doing? Oh, yeah, we've got some people just moved in from Florida. Yeah, we're from Florida. Da, 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 da. Hey, all right. You need anything? I'm right, I'm right over there. Why? I just want to be nice. They might need me for something. Hopefully, they're going to need me for the Lord. I don't know if they save or not. Right? But don't matter. I just want to be a friend. Amen. 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 Now, some of you are called to the nations. Yeah, you need to go ahead and do it. Caitlin, Caitlin, getting ready to get this trip to Peru. Some of you are going with her. Some of you are called to the nations. Listen, if you're called to the nations, you better go. God has something for you to do. He's got healing in your hands. Come on, he has a prophetic, prophetic voice in your mouth. You better go get that word. Why? Because he's the one that called you to do it. Amen. Amen? All right, all right. I'm trying to encourage you guys because God, man, you are special. Don't, don't let the world tell you that you're not special like you are. You're special. But God, and then he said, then I said, oh, Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak because I am a youth. I can't speak. This is for the young people. It doesn't matter how young you are. You can speak for God right now. Right now, you don't have to wait till you're 30. Go ahead and speak for God right now. Go and live for God right now. Stand for some stuff. You see somebody getting bullied and they don't say anything, you say something. You stand up for people that's, that's disenfranchised or, or being bullied or being talked about. You stand up for them. There's all the young people in the house. Yeah, you might be friends with somebody and they might come and share something. Say, you know what? We need to go to tell a teacher. We need to tell the principal. And I say this all the time, and I'm going to keep saying it. If somebody in your school is violating you, young people, in other words, if somebody is doing something that's making you feel uncomfortable, I don't care what it is. It can be touching your hair, your leg. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, male or female, if you feel uncomfortable, you tell somebody. I don't care if it's the teacher. You tell your parents. You tell the principal. Trust me, we'll, we'll go to that school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I need, Pastor. We need to, I'm where? where what time? What oh, I'll be right there. Right? Because we're not having those shenanigans. Amen. Amen. So, young people, you're going to have to stand for your friends. You're going to have to stand for them. And it might be somebody you don't know. You just know what's happening to them is wrong. Do the right thing because you're a Christian. Amen? 
All right, I said 10 minutes, but give me five more minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> my God. I'm sorry, guys. But I just, this is just what's on my heart right now. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm, I'm a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. See, sometimes when I first started preaching, <laughs> I ain't lying. This, when I first started preaching, I was boring as all get out. I was like trying to tie stuff together. I was so nervous. I lost my notes. I lost my place. And I'm like, I ain't know what to say next. And I, I want to just, I, I ain't lying in disgust. I just wanted to walk out of the pulpit <laughs> and just say, I can't do this. I can't do this. But I kind of tied it together and finished it up and everything because what, what got me, Tim, was I was looking at the faces. And the people's faces was like, boy, you need to go somewhere and sit down. <laughs> what? What did you just say? I'm just, man, the faces was like, oh, God, man, I'm, ooh, I'm messing this thing up. Right? So, so I love it when I read this. I was like, God, you trying to tell me stop looking at people's faces. And so I just kept looking down. And that didn't work either. Right? right. So I just had to learn just to go with it. Amen? I'm glad I didn't quit. Praise the Lord. Said, he said, don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Let me tell you something, saints. Father has touched your mouth with a hot word from his throne. And sometimes you're going to get such an unction. You're going to get, it's almost like your body is going to be on fire. That there's something, I call it righteous indignation. That, that something is going to rise up in you. Your spirit is going to say, you're going to have to say this to them. You have got to tell them this. You have got to encourage them. Go tell them good morning. See, it always not throwing a scripture at somebody. You can go say, listen, listen, I just had to come and tell you. Good morning. How you doing? You just don't know. I just had one of the most horrible weeks ever. And sometimes just going in and just saying, hello, you were on my heart. I just want to say hello to you, especially when you're in corporate America, because marketplace ministry is getting ready to take over. I'm telling you, marketplace ministry is getting ready to take over because I love the marketplace because I get an opportunity to show Jesus without saying Jesus. I love it. Now people come to me. The CEOs coming to me. The, the, uh, the, the executives are coming to me. Hey, John, uh, you got a minute? Can you come in here and talk to me about something? And, and I know when they close the door, I say, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like this last time. Yeah, I just found out that my niece has cancer. And I know, I know, you're, I know you're a religious man. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know what they mean. I know you're a religious man. Y'all know I'm not religious at all. I know you're a religious. No, I'm a Christian, but uh, you can, I'll, let you, I'll let that go. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know that you will keep her in your thoughts. Right, right. You know, you know the words, right? Right, you know, they're they on that high level, so they're trying to be all, you know. So I tell them quickly, I will pray for her. Please let me know how she's doing after I pray. Right? So everything worked out. She got surgery. She's doing well. No more cancer in her body. And man, he came in whistling, right? He came in whistling. I'm like, what's going on with him? He's like, hey, hey, come, come, come in my office for a second. <laughs> He said, man, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. She's out of the hospital. They can't find any cancer. She's in rehabilitation now. She is doing well. I'm like, boy, look at God. And you know what I said? You know what I said? To God be the glory. Right? If, if that's not politically correct, then don't ask me to pray next time. Because I ain't in there to be politically correct. No, to God be the glory. That ain't got nothing to do with that. I just solicited Papa. You know, Papa, he's our Papa. He loves us. Amen. Oh, man, y'all taking up all my time. Okay, look at, okay, look at verse 9. Are we at verse 9 yet? Yeah, yeah, because he, he touched your mouth, right? He touched your mouth. But look at this. He said, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you. See, God has set you here, guys. You're not here by happenstance or there's not a mistake. He set you here. You are, you, are, you are God's set man and set woman. Listen, and what God has set in place, man can't take it. 
I'm telling you that right now. What God has put in place, man can't destroy that. God has set you in place, man. He set you over the nations and over the kingdom to do something. He didn't just do this just to set you over the nation. But you got to do something. Somebody say, I got to do something. You know what you got to do? Look at the next verses. Because the next verse says it talks about confrontation and warfare before building and planning. See, the prophetic word and the apostolic word is set in the house of God to do something. Look at it. To root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down. You got to do all of that first before you can build and plant. Why? Otherwise, you're building and planting on sand. And it's sinking sand. Yes, that's right, sister, whoever said that. And it's sinking sand. But sometimes the, the word comes forth to root out. And when you got a rooting out word, that word is not going to be comfortable, saints. Because roots, I don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm in the yard, when, which is rare, but sometimes when, <laughs> I just hire people. And so I just, I, sometimes I'm just, I'm trying to get out there and I'm trying to pull up some roots. Man, those things can be strong, right? It can be deep. And so sometimes you got to have a deep word to tackle your deep roots. And when you get that word, it's not going to be something that's friendly. It's not going to be a nice, little, clean, smooth word. It's going to be something that's going to convict you to your heart to where you go, oh, man, I got to change this about my life. I cannot be the same any longer. Are you hearing me here? To root out. So some of these things got to be rooted out and to pull down, casting every thought down. Stronghold. A stronghold is not the enemy. A stronghold is how you think. It's the strongholds of your mind. Casting down imagination and every hard thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And you got to bring it down. Glory to God. See, God will give a word, put it in your mouth so that you can speak against things that's trying to destroy your thoughts. It's the imaginations of the mind. It's the thought life. The biggest battlefield is right here in your brain. It's not between angels and demons. It's right here between your ears, guys. Get control of your thought life. Set your mind on things above and not on the earth. I have to tell my, my brain, stop thinking about that. Yes. And I have to read other stuff, put my mind on other things, because my brain will go back to something in my past. I have to fight. Paul said, you got to modify the deeds of the flesh. You got to bring your flesh under the control of the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to fight for this, saints of God. This is a war that we got to fight against our brains and our minds and our peace. Yes. Jesus, I don't stop screaming, John. Woo. No, no. Good. Good. We got to, we got to, listen, saints, listen, this is what the word does. It roots out, it pulls down, it destroys the strongholds of the enemy. See, the Bible said Jesus came and he died to destroy the works of the enemy, right? And so we have an advocate. And in his name, we can destroy, come on, saints of God. See, see stop bowing to the enemy. You have a name above every name that you can destroy the works of the devil because Jesus has already done it, but sometimes he will rear his ugly head and you say, since this is already done, Bye-bye. See you, boo. Bye, Felicia. Somebody say bye. <laughs> bye, Felicia. <laughs> That's got to be in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> I got to do. I mean, I got to. That's why I need more wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, that I might know the hope of his calling and the exceeding riches in the inheritance of the saints of light. So I need to know that. Right? To throw down, to destroy. Come on, throwing down. Somebody say, I'm going to throw down. See, you better throw down on the enemy. You better throw down on the enemy. Come on, saints of God. That's why we're fasting and we're praying. We're getting ready to throw down. We're getting ready to throw down. Listen, I'm, I ain't running. I'm running right towards Goliath. Amen. We're getting ready to throw down. Say it. I'm getting ready to throw down. We're going to throw down, man. 
See, this is why we have to get back to the fundamentals of the faith, get to those Hebrews 6 things. I'm going to be talking about the fivefold ministry and what it truly is and how we truly should operate in it and what we shouldn't be doing so that we can make sure, guys, that just like Jeremiah and Ezekiel bring in, Ezekiel will bring in a word, a word of warning, blowing the trumpet, we'll be prepared when it comes. Amen? Amen. And you know, Jeremiah was the one that said, you know what, this is too tough. I ain't doing it anymore. Right? Is, am I right about that in the prophets? And he said, I wasn't, I'm not going to preach the word of God any longer because he was just fed up. He was just warning and warning and warning. And I asked God, I said, God, please don't ever let me get fed up. I don't care how often I got to warn people, but don't ever let me get fed up, God. I don't, I don't want to be the one to say, I'm not going to preach your word anymore because of the reaction that I get from people. Mm-mm. It was like fire shut up in his bones. God, I'm praying that it's going to be like fire in your bones when you refuse to do what God has called you to do. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, Please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina 28079 or on the web c3churchnc.org or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.